Welcome to Changing the Game, the podcast which will bring to you stories of people who are disrupting the status quo via innovation and diversity. And each episode will delve into the unique stories of leaders in several industries, from investors to founders and everyone in between. You will gain invaluable insights and strategies from awesome individuals who are pushing the boundaries, raising funds and making a difference. Join us as we explore the ever-changing world of entrepreneurship and everything that comes with it. Changing the Game is powered by Vichy Ventures, the venture partners that dare the founders to aim for the extraordinary and is nurturing the innovation ecosystems with one million seeds. So, subscribe now and don't miss the next episode of Changing the Game. Welcome everyone. So we have uh, today a new episode of the of changing the game. Today we have I have with me Josh Van Ross. We're making a little bit of a joke of what a van van. So you know my accent doesn't get it right. So but I think uh, we'll be right. So Josh, welcome to the show. Great to have me. Thank you very much, Wilson. So um, it was just a few weeks ago that I that I met you. So, you know in an event that we were there together as speakers. And uh, look, uh, this guy John shows so precedes you. I think. Sorry for that. <laughs> no, <laughs> but right. it's becoming very name. famous, and everybody yeah. talks about it. And uh, you know, everybody curious. Everybody, you know, is something that brought that uh, wow factor to people. So, it was a privilege to meet you. So you now today, I have a chance to. Uh, to have you to tell this story, so welcome. Thanks, thanks for having me. It's not often you hear that. It's a privilege. Yeah, it's a privilege to be here. It's good to meet you. When you're uh, for everyone listening at home, the uh, when Wilson's credentials flash up on the screen at the uh, at the uh, at the chat we were at, he had so many post nominals. I was like, God, oh, this guy's impressive. So mm. thanks for having that. So now people are very generous with those. <laughs> uh, uh, look, uh, Josh. So. I look some information available about you, your LinkedIn and etc. So uh, normally the change in the game, what we do is uh, we don't read bios or anything like that. So we ask the person, say, can you tell us your story? Okay. Um, let's, let's, let's try and keep it as brief as, but there's, I think you know many aspects kind of lead up to, to where you are at this point of life. Let's start. I did out of high school, started with musical theatre. Started a musical theatre at WAPA. I did a cert of that um, certificate and then went into classical singing and realised pretty quickly classical singing was not for me. Uh, left that to jump to business law and management at UWA and that was like chalk and cheese. So to go from the arts to business law and I thought I was probably going to hate it, ended up loving it more. So did that at the same time I joined the Army Reserves. I've been there for 13 years and I was lucky enough to be able to do a domestic deployment in 2014 with the Army Reserves. And it was during that time, that six months, I had space to be figuring out what the hell am I doing in my life? You know, I've kind of done a few piecemeal things leading up to it. And I was like, oh, where do I sit in this world? Uh, and it was there. And I remember where I was. I was on a ship overlooking the ocean somewhere in the middle of the north coast of Australia. And I thought, oh, no, I think I have to go into business. What it was, I had no idea. So I came back and I settled on the idea. I was like, if I'm going to crash and burn, I'm going to crash and burn for less than $50,000. So borrowed $50,000 come back on that that was a mistake and then started a food van and so i ran the food van at uwa did that for a year then another friend came to me and said hey do you want to um, do a project management company essentially i've got some tradesmen who 
want to go into commercial property maintenance and they kind of can't talk the talk that the property maintenance people were, were saying. And so I kind of bridged the gap as a project manager and then found that space interesting, unique, and I could talk both. I could talk to tradies and I could talk to professionals. And it just kind of grew from there. And then after six years, we had a construction company and then 2020 came along, um, sold out of that. And I had a couple of years to figure out what was next. I saw a video for drones and I thought, this is awesome. This is cool. Why isn't this in Australia yet? Did some due diligence, no good reason. Went and found some money, pitched the idea, got the investment, got the contract, got the drones. And to 18 months later, now we're the biggest drone light show company in Australia. Boom. Ooh. So there is so much in what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> which, which avenue do you want to go in? <laughs> what a story. So uh, let me start from the beginning then. Uh, you start your, uh, your story talking about your education in WAPA and then university uh, and then joining the armed reserves or, or the defense forces. So maybe uh, some of the people that do uh, listen to the podcast, so uh, maybe young people thinking about their careers, whether they you know, are going to have some sort of uh, uni studies or whether they're going to be founders or, you know, or do startups. So, and you have a bit, right? So arts, law, uh, but then armed reserve, maybe just out of curiosity. So for people that don't know what that work in armed reserve is. Easy. I'm going to sound like a Defence Force recruiting person now, but it's, it's kind of the journey that you want it to be. So Army Reserves is the Army, but part-time. And instead of giving your life full-time to the Army, you still have your normal life and you give part-time to the army and you get to do some stuff that unless you're in the army you never get to do you know machine guns all that stuff all the things that you think it is it absolutely is if you join in that capacity mm. but it's a lot bigger than that so you can join as you know a legal officer you can join to do signals you can join to sit behind a desk and write code you can join to run out of a of a vehicle with a machine gun and a javelin and, and do you can you can kind of do all of that and you put yourself in your lane. You say, I want to be a, a rifleman. I want to be in cavalry. I want to be in signals. I want to be an engineer. And you kind of choose, or a medic, and that's actually probably one of the more interesting ones for my, for, uh, my point of view. But you choose what you want to do, and then you go and do it. And it's kind of commitment is you go away, you do your basic training, you come back. Every Tuesday night, you go into your base. For us in Perth, it's Karakata. You go parade with your unit and you learn some skills every Tuesday night. It's like, imagine it's like a three hour university class. You go there, nice. you learn. Mm. And then every Tuesday night leads up to a weekend training block. So then one weekend a month or every couple of months, you go away and you practice those skills on a larger scale, more intensively for two days. And then you've got the opportunity to go do courses. So you can go away for two weeks at a time and do further courses to upskill in different areas. And for us, I'm in cavalry, which is uh, like armored cars. And of course for us can be going out and learning a new vehicle, which is a little bit of time in PowerPoint, a little bit of time in the engine bay, but most of the time it's four wheel driving the hell out of the vehicle and it's just fun. So it's kind of choose your own adventure. And out of it, universally, you get discipline, you get a sense of your something bigger than yourself and you get paid. That's probably a big one as well, right? You get paid. Yeah. So uh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. So one thing that I, I, I'm not sure we do have in common is that I, I was in the Defence Forces as oh, well nice. in Brazil. <laughs> so had a little bit of that Defence Force training and, 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 and the experience of doing stuff that uh, you normally wouldn't have access to. It's, it's, 
It's nice to hear the way you articulate it. Uh, and interesting enough, so recently I talked with some year 12 uh, students looking at what they're going to do and uh, with that sort of uh, uncertainty of, you know, what is that I like, what is that I'm going to do. So there's a conversation about uh, uh, the the reserve forces came along. So pretty good. Yeah. So awesome. Then then you talk about you you as a as a you didn't use the word entrepreneur, but then but then you go for a food truck, a construction a project management company. Then you know the drones. So, uh, and and but if when I look at that, it doesn't seem to have a common ground. Is entrepreneur as raw as it can be? Is business opportunity? So. Do you reckon, where do you reckon that came from? So do you see new growing up aspects of that or, you know, or was that sort of uh, Apple moment that you mentioned about, uh, I'm in a ship and I had this uh, in a light? Yeah, that's a good question. I, I can't, that moment of, of, of being like, I, I want to go into business was not so much, it wasn't like I want to go into business for myself. It was more that I just, I want to be in the business end. So I could have been working in business development, I could have been a consultant, like that would have almost hit that bill as well. Mm. So it wasn't this desire, like I need to do something for myself, I need to do something for myself. It just happened that the first thing we did was, you know, small sole enterprise, uh, food truck, start small, you know, fail quickly kind of uh, aim. But you're right, as I've gone on, the entrepreneurship as a, in the classical sense of the word is more that I describe myself as now the bit of a guru in the unsexy parts of business. And by that, I mean, you know, if you start a business, capital the structure, corporate structure, insurances, bank accounts, staff management, HR, all the basic stuff that if you're a sole trader and you grow to even a team of three or four, you learn, you have to be across. And so you touch everything. Yep. And over time, I guess that's what I've found. I've kind of found my space in in an SME or small to medium enterprise. Is that that's no matter if you're selling a good, a service, or anything like that, the back end of the company is almost exactly the same. You know, people say, you know, what point do I change over from not charging GST to charging GST? That's the same for every entity. You know, should I be a a private partnership or should I be a company structure? Well, it depends on what you're taxing and where you're doing business and stuff. And so all of that stuff comes into play. And I love being in that element because if you get to sit, if you get to start something or be involved in something on, on, on the back end level, you have to innately learn part of the operations. And then if you're starting, like you said, there's no common ground. You know, construction company, food van, drone, sky shows, they're all completely different. But that's, that is the element I love. It makes nice. all the other stuff dealing with insurance companies, which is boring as hell, worth it because you get to get into something new and and dig around and pull out something interesting and, and keeps you stimulated. So yeah. that's what I love. Um, but yeah, that, that entrepreneurial spirit in the sense of the word, I just, it's like someone who ever builds a house. If you build your house your first time and you say, I'm going to build a house, you go through it. At the end of the 18 months, you're like, I'm never fucking doing that again because it was so much work and hard work, but you're glad that you've done it. And that was kind of how it started. You, you start a business and you're in it and you're like, this sucks. But at the end of it, you're like, okay, I never really want to do that again, but I'm glad I've done it. And so I just kind of fell into it and then realized, ah, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> that was it. 
I was waiting for it. So <laughs> six months later, so I'm going to do that again. <laughs> so very good. So one thing that you touch as well is that, uh, you know, I have the, uh, the food truck and then you have the construction uh, project management business and you sold it. So you, you mentioned that sort of cycle for you know, small business uh, owners that uh, not everybody goes through the whole cycle of you know, building it, running for a while and exiting it. So tell us a little bit of that. How how is exiting those things, and how hard, how easy, how emotionally? <laughs> yeah. So there's one part of the story that I completely forgot out, which is the entrepreneurs organization EI. That was a big part of my life, and that that happened in ah. 2018. We can touch on that later, but that taught me in the construction company as I, I I was going through that organization, and that gave me some skills to be able to be like. A lot of entrepreneurs have gone through, they all go through the same thing. Whether you know it or not, you're working in isolation, but everyone, a lot of other people are sharing your exact same experiences. So hearing people to say, don't be emotional, don't be, you know, it's if you're attached to it like it's your baby, you've made yourself a job, not a business. And in the back of my mind for a couple of years in the construction company, that was always kind of filtering through. So when it came to the point where I, we sold half to a business partner, the business partner said, hey, I want to buy you out for the rest of it when COVID hit and originally the emotional side kicked in and it was like, no, I don't know. This is my baby. Like I, I created this. And then over the next few weeks when we we're going through negotiations, I kind of reflected on the teachings. I was like, no, they're right. I've been here for five or six years. Uh, it, I've got an opportunity to get out and, and, and do something else. And then I went to negotiations with that mindset and we came to a deal. I walked away. And I had two years to to just kind of be like, all right, well, I've got enough space and time and money to figure out what's next. And it was kind of really, really good. Very nice. So uh, I'm glad to hear that story. So uh, for everyone that's uh, listening to us, so the EO that Josh mentioned is the Entrepreneurs Organization. Uh, it is an organization that I'm, I happen to be a member of. So we found out that we had that in common when we talked before. Uh, and um, I'm glad to hear that you found in that sort of uh, you know, experience with you some of the, the learnings you need to go through that process. That's awesome. Uh, <clears throat> so before, uh, before this talk, so when, when, we, when we talked before, so you did mention that part of your experience of being in the accelerator of EO, if I'm not wrong, hmm. So you participate in, in the Global Student uh, Entrepreneur Awards, that huh? Yeah. So is uh, for everybody that's listening, so it's one of the awards that the EO has. It's a global sort of competition. And, and I heard before that you participate in that. Huh? How was that experience? I'm going to give you the full story, the raw uncut. It's, it's a good story. And <laughs> I hope everyone listening who has got a business jumps on it. So I... I was working out of a co-working space when the previous person from the organization was came into the space to pitch it. And uh, I was still doing a couple of units in university and it's Global Students Entrepreneurs Award. So students being that you have to have to be a student. And so I was still technically a student. And so I heard his pitch, which was like, hey, guys, we're holding essentially a pitch competition. Um, if you're a student, you've got a business, you can you can you can pitch. And so I said, sweet, no worries. I went back to my desk after hearing it at lunch. I applied, it took me 20 minutes. 
Probably about two weeks later, I get a call from him saying, hey, I've got good news, bad news, good news. Good news is your application was successful. Bad news is you're the only one who applied, so we had to cancel it. But the good news is you win by default. So do you want $3,000 now or later? <laughs> and so, oh, and 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 you've you've won the state, so you're going to nationals in to, to go pitch in Brisbane. And I was like, oh, cool, I'll take the 3K. And long story short, the same thing happened for nationals. So I was I was all scheduled to go to Brisbane and they, they called up and they said, nah, it's not happening. We're going to send you to the international round in Canada so you can go there and pitch your business. I haven't even pitched yet. So no one's seen a pitch deck. And I was like, okay, no worries. All right. So then I go to Canada and I'm there as 58 people. And the guy gets on stage, it's this massive EO event and people are like, yeah, you know, um, you know, we've got the you know esteemed pitches. You've won your countries. Well done. Welcome to the international round. And I'm sitting there with people from India who had beat like twenty thousand people. The girl from America had gone through like four pitch rounds and beat twenty five thousand other people. She was she had there was businesses from Russia which had done two million dollars. I was in like the cream of the crop, and I've come from Australia and I haven't even pitched yet. I, just, I kept that very very quiet. And then we got drunk on the first night and told everyone, and we we had a good laugh. Um, but. I went through that whole experience and and I was exposed to EO. I saw the network. I saw it in action. I have now an, an international network. It was phenomenal. It was probably the best week of my life up in Toronto uh, on EO, EO's dime. So I'd like to say to anyone who uh, who is thinking about GSEA, do it. Very good. So it's good to hear because in, 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 the, in the last two, two years, we have been trying to get some momentum with the GCA here in Australia. And uh, it has been similar to your experience. So uh, very little participations. The winners are, you know, are, are lucky to have that same sort of opportunity with uh, not much of a hustle of, uh, of, of a competition. And, and you mentioned that you went to Canada. You mm. might have felt that when you get there, so the bar is very right. high. And, awesome. you know, so yeah. so yeah. It, it, I think it helps to push you, isn't it? So, yeah, very good. Um, then, uh, you know, you, you participate in a, a student competition, win it, have an opportunity with you and learn a few bits and tricks. Uh, so I ended up selling your business when you had an opportunity. So, uh, which looks awesome. So, uh, we as entrepreneurs, we look at that cycle. I can know how many times you can repeat that cycle successfully. So the, the, the fun is all there. <laughs> the stress uh, as well. <laughs> absolutely. That, yeah, uh, you know, no, uh, there is no win without a sacrifice, right? Yeah, true. So uh, then you, then you come along this opportunity. Look, some detail. Tell us that's that's the story we're not here, right? Oh, so uh, right. this this sky drone show. So how you found it, and you know how it came to happen. The army. So I was sitting. I was on an exercise in 2021, and so I was out in the bush in Bindo. And I was sitting there, you're not supposed to be, but I was, it was the middle of the night. You're supposed to be looking out, watching for the enemy. I knew someone who was in the opposing force and he says, I'm not attacking tonight. So I was sitting there in my, in my pitch, in my ditch, on my phone. And I was on Reddit and I was just looking through videos and this video of drones over, over the snow. And I think it was in, in Denmark or something. And these two guys, they did a, a drone light show. It was only about 50 drones, but it looked impressive as hell. And I was like, what is this? And why isn't this here? And I pitched it to a couple of, I, I, the next day I, I said to another guy, I was like, look at this, this is cool. Would you like to see this? He was like, yeah, yeah it's, it's all right. And then um, 
I just kind of, I, it didn't get out of my mind for the next three days. When I got back, I finished the exercise that, week, that Saturday, Sunday, got back home and I just, I just went on Google and I was just researching. I was like, what is this? Where is it? And, why, and again, why isn't it here? For the next six months, I kind of just went down that pathway of like, okay, there's, I can't see a good reason why it's not here. The regulations seem to be here. It, it's allowed. Um, and it, for me, I was just like, this is so easy. This is just the future. Like this will replace fireworks. And I didn't come up against anything that would be like a red line or, or a kill. So I, I just progressed it as far as I could in my spare time before. And then I, I having a bit of skills there, it was easy enough to do a business, simple business plan to go get some costs, contact some companies, figure out how much it is for shipping, do all your kind of like the stuff when you're looking into due diligence. And then I did all that. And I was like, I went to my network and I said, hey guys, this is what I'm thinking of doing. Here's the financials. Here's a video of what it is. Let's do it in Australia. And a billion other stories in between that moment and when we did our first show. But essentially, we just kept on going. Every problem that we had, we overcame. And then we did our first show and it just went nuts. Everyone was, everyone on that first show looked up into the sky and was like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, see, you get it. You get it, right? Like, this is, this is cool. And then from there, now we just get inundated from people being like, how do we, how councils being like, how do we get away from fireworks? How do we do this? Yeah. And cool. it's like, yeah, this, it, it was the right product at the right time in the, in, in the right, in this, um, in the right location. So I'm pretty proud of that one. It was like a lot of people have ideas, not many go in action. Yeah, absolutely. So there are a few things in, in, in what you just commented there. So, uh, one you mentioned, right? when you just mentioned, uh, uh, there is that sort of difference between people that have ideas. So, uh, and there are big numbers. I, I don't know the facts to share with everyone, but you know, as for if every person that has a good idea went all and are all along their household to make that idea happen, so mm. you know, we would see way more innovation out there. So, which is uh, which is. Which is fantastic, you know, entrepreneurs that are able to do that. It's actually go through the house and be, make an idea become a reality. It's like that is being an entrepreneur. Um, uh, the other thing as well is that uh, one thing that's very common when I, I hear a lot of founders or, or candidates, so people that want to be founders of startups and you know, coming with ideas and having conversations about how they are different or, or what's the innovation and et cetera. So you gave a very good example of uh, the innovation is not in the technology or anything like that. So, you know, it's happening. It's happening now. It's happening there. You can see, you can watch someone already doing. It's a matter of bringing to a different place. It's a matter of, you know, the, the innovation is, uh, it comes in so many forms. So uh, you need to have that sort of uh, thing that nobody's doing, uh, but could be something that they're doing there, but not doing here. And there are so many business opportunities that are like that. So uh, really, if you're really humble and genuine and looking at what you know, the problem you're trying to solve and you know, bringing this form of entertainment and, and, and looking like you said, uh, you know, looking maybe an industry that's old, like there's fireworks and you know, how can you disrupt or, or make it better? So fantastic in that sense. Um, we could talk a little bit about you. Okay, so you went nuts and everybody loves it. And then you become uh, the biggest operator of that sort of uh, uh, technology, that sort of show in Australia. 
So how 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 is now? So what about competition in Australia, and what do you what what is future for you in that business? Without giving away too much trade secrets, but we were one of the first movers. So now when we started, there was I think only two other companies in Australia that had done them, and 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 a couple of internationals that had flown a fleet over, done one show, and then left. And so our our was our business plan was like, no, nah, we're we're buying drones, we're having them in Australia, and we're doing shows just just in Australia because a lot of the costs and moving drones around huge, so that was our competitive advantage. But being for one of the first movers, of course, we're, we're at the we're at the beginning of a new industry, so other competitors are going to come along, the industry is going to grow. Um, it's for the next couple of years, I see that even with competitors, the industry is just going to grow. The mm. costs are going to reduce, more people are going to get them, so the pie is going to get bigger. Um, for me personally, I would love to be onto something else by the time it starts to be busy, but I think the company would still endure. Um, but that industry is only going one way. Drones are touching every aspect of our life. And so that we're in a very niche part, which is a swarming section, and that's, that's interesting. And that has um, diversifications across defense, across, you know, just a whole bunch of others mapping, surveying everything. So swarming as a technology is something that I'm keen to keep my finger on the pulse of and see where that it takes us. Swarming? Multiple drones to one operator. Okay. So, you know, one one computer can look after 500, 1,000, 2,000 drones. Okay. And so you don't just have one person controlling one drone. You have, you can control multiple. And so that's, that's and they all work together. That's the swarming element of drones. Um, and so that space is, is finding new industries to work its way into all the time, all the time. Very so good. It's looking, it's looking promising. Very good. So, uh, well, give us a little bit of, uh, uh, because you look at the drones and you look at the possibilities and et cetera. So uh, maybe give us a little bit of uh, insights what uh, if if uh, if there are kids that like the drones today so well I'll, I'll give you an example right mm -hmm. so in drones alone so i can mention three events three or three companies that recently took a look at and and it, it, it made me very happy or very excited for the people that are you know dealing with these technologies so one of course is is the high, uh, the long range drones and the airplane, you know, the, the capabilities they have for, you know, the delivery logistics mm. and whatever, or, or the filming, the mapping and etc. go a long way. So, uh, but uh, there is a company that we're very good friends of then. So for disclosure, so I'm one of the investors in the company, uh. but I do uh, like the same thing that Casa does for airplanes in terms of traf air traffic control. It's actually developing a solution for air traffic controls for drones. Oh, wow. So imagine, you know, the number of drones that yeah. would be around and, and how you manage that safely, you know, uh, uh, avoiding, you know, all sort of problems that can happen like collisions and et cetera. Right? So, or, or even having an administration of how flights are doing and, you know, who is doing, et cetera. So the other one was in one in Africa. So uh, and uh, I, I I won't give any names because my fault because I don't remember. <laughs> uh, but it is these uh, drone delivery services for remote hospitals in Africa, where uh, the hospital in a remote location. So put an order. So 
And 15 minutes later, the order is dropping from the sky, right? So, uh, and you look at what they're doing, their orders include like organs. Yeah. When I can be uh, receiving a heart uh, for a transplant, there's an emergency transplant in remote, so otherwise wouldn't happen, etc. So lots of you know disruptions or new solutions, innovations in the industry, etc. But you know that industry way more than I. So, uh, what are things you 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 interested in 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 that industry? Say, so you mentioned that trend of one computer, yeah. But uh, use cases. What are use cases? No, you've mean? just nailed all of them. That, that, that's that's that. Those are the best use cases. You, you've 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 nailed. Look, the medical industry is is massive. So they're trialing vaccines as well, like fixed wings, you know, drones that can go up to 700 kilometers to be able to deliver, you know, vaccines to remote communities. And that is 100% a use case. Um, the one that everyone's familiar with, and I don't know why the food delivery service is always the one that's on the front of innovation, but like, you know, everyone wants to get their Big Mac quicker apparently. But, you know, that is a thing. But in that, you've got these big companies like Uber and Amazon who are pioneering drone highways, yeah. which is what they're doing. And that breaks the barriers for the rest of us. And like your company that looks after the uh, the structure of it, that's that's the hammer and tongs method, right? Like mm -hmm. instead of being a player in there, you're looking after the whole industry. It's like being in exchange mm. for Bitcoin. Yeah. That is a great business. And I would say businesses that support the industry, infrastructure rise, regulation rise, application software making it easy to track stuff make it easy to register making it easy to do that that whole industry is about to explode mm. but all of it all of it is underpinned by very specific legislation so anyone who wants to get into this business i urge you to read all the regulations be in touch with your local casa representative and understand when and how and what paragraph legislation is going to change because when that changes that's when you uh, business new opportunities explode yeah. or mm. they can be cut out from underneath you. Yeah. You could be developing a product for $600 million, but the regulations in Australia will say, no, we'll never allow you to do that. And then you've just gone to waste it. Like the legislation in Australia, we live and die by that. But the use cases, medical, defense has got their own stuff going on, um, food delivery, you know, hey. But um, yeah, it, it's, it's all kind of happening at the moment, you know, if anyone wanted to do, well, the biggest takeaway, if you're a student and you're thinking, I don't know what to do, get into drones because you can buy a good quality drone. You could do asset evaluations, like flying it around bridges, poles, stuff like that. The cameras on them are incredible. So you can do, you know, look at that screw. Is it rusting? Is it 50% rusted? Is it 20% rusted? Do a whole report now through ChatGPT and you've got a one-man band business ready to go and you could, yeah. Hundred twenty thousand dollars every every day of the year. Maybe not for the next ten years, but it's pretty good to go. Fantastic, Josh. You talk about this with lots of passion, and and you know, and and you make it look easy. Oh no, that's a mistake. Yeah, that's, <laughs> uh, that's what I uh, that's what I'm gonna ask you. Maybe just one war story. So mm. one of those things in your entrepreneurial life that. Now make you think, um, am, I, am I doing the right thing? Or? Oh, so many. <laughs> so many. Probably the one that, look, I've had, yeah, I've had a lot, uh, uh, definitely around contracts, around legislation, around hardware, moments where you've just done stuff. Look, a war story is one we had, we had drones fall out of the sky in front of everyone. And it, it hit 
newspapers in Lithuania. Mm. So let's 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 just go with the big one. So we had a, a communication breakdown between the drones and the base station. They weren't getting GPS correctional data. So 500 drones in the sky. They all they all know where they're going for the whole show, but they're constantly every one of them. They're still getting fed GPS correctional. You know, drone 2.2, you are off by 20 centimeters north. You know, move slightly back. So they're all kind of slightly moving at all times. That was disruptive. And the drones were good, good That's drones, scary. but they just slowly drifted further and further out of place. And the propellers started hitting each other and they just fell into the river. And we lost like 50 drones in front of like 25,000 people and cameras and every and social media. And so oh, we did the exact same show, exact same drones, same type of same conditions the night before, but this is pioneering technology. Like drones are updating every single week. We There's a new drone out. We're looking to purchase the V3. We're on a V2. Mm. Like things move quickly in the space. But mm. for the hardware, for the stuff, one show worked, one show didn't. The next day, I, I would have had 150 calls from, you know, from WA reporters. The day after that, I was getting calls from the ABC and international people being like, what went wrong? You're the CEO. How's things going? What the hell? And I'm telling you, for like 48 hours, my stomach is like, I could have, I could have had an ulcer that bled out and, you know, we wouldn't have known. And then the next day, I get out, reached out on LinkedIn, and it was this Lithuanian guy who was, I think he was in Doha doing the World Cup drone light show. And he goes, hey, I just wanted to reach out to let you know that I think you're treated unfairly in the press. I'm like, first of all, thank you. Who are you? And where did you hear about this? He goes, oh, I was in the newspaper in Lithuania. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, so one day for the state, second day for the news to go internationally, uh, nationally, and the third day was around the bloody world. And so, but it was... It, when as an entrepreneur, it was it was a classic thing of managing through crisis. You're onto a media advisor. Okay, what are we going out with? How are we going? What's our mark? What's our strategy for this? How do we how do we do this? Then it was about the team. You know, everyone's helping. Everyone thinks they're helping. You're like, oh man, I heard I saw that on the news. Just want to let you know. You know, and you're getting 20, 30 of these, and you're like, oh Christ, like I just want them to stop now. <laughs> um, and then you got to manage your team. Who are, they're all getting because everyone knows that they're they're involved and so they're all like oh man people are talking you know it's on this this person said this in this thread and it's like guys just don't worry we'll be okay we've got this plan and then you've got to manage you know the media everything like that contract wise and insurance companies come in so it was like this month and a half of shitstorm that in the moment you just think this is fucking everything this is my whole life is consumed in this moment but then after that and this is where it comes from experience and entrepreneurs is that Weirdly enough, in some areas, any news is good news. Our profile got lifted. We got more requests than ever through our ref, through our website and traffic. Whether people going to our traffic to our, our website to Google us before they try to grill me on an interview on Four Corners or whatever, they were still hitting the website. Our website stats went up, our native SEO went up, and we were getting more requests from shows through everything. Yeah. And so the ops team went back. They went and did R&D testing. Like, what well, went wrong? How do we fix it? We made a decision to upgrade our drones. So we're kind of, we're moving on that direction. And through going through that whole experience, we've just kind of like, oh, organization has to lift. Yeah. And once you've been through it, you realize that it's not that bad. You can get through it. You just, you know, we didn't just put a faulty drug out on the market that killed a bunch of people. People have done through worse and you will get through it even though, and that helps inevitably the next time you're going through something worse, you're gonna be able to look at that and be like, it feels like it's everything now, it will pass. And that gives you enough confidence to be able to keep going. That's brilliant. So I love your story. So uh, well done for your resilience through that period. Uh, and so look, uh, at, at this 
interview flew. So it, it is the first time that I uh, that I reached the, that we reached the twenty minutes that we're supposed to be talking uh, quicker than uh, quicker <laughs> than never before. So uh, I loved your example. So I'm sure lots of uh, entrepreneurs, founders would be listening to these and 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 the lessons, right? So you a very success story of you know that your business is thriving is a is a visible one, is a public one that gives some sort of uh, visibility to you and then I make make you feel proud, make people you know, smile and etc. Uh, but I, I absolutely those uh, war times that make you stronger, that actually makes everything worth and and when we get to the other side of life, so uh, is what makes it you know be worth. So I'm absolutely grateful for you know the privilege to hear your stories. So I'm I'm sure the listeners and uh, will love it. So and everyone, so this Josh, uh, follow him. Take a look in the business. So obviously you're gonna we're gonna see drones flying around and 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 with colors and lights and and entertaining us. So uh, yeah, we um we, I'm curious to see what comes next from you. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Cheers. Yeah. So everyone, uh, thank you very much. This was another episode of Changing the Game with Josh from uh, Sky Sky Drone Show, and yeah, we're looking forward to having you in the next episode. Thank you. Bye.